Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. I want to welcome you to our special series of Money Sense, specifically dedicated to providing valuable information regarding the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. For nearly 30 years, I have been helping listeners learn how to relate many of life's situations to their finances. This pandemic has caused wide-scale disruption in nearly every sector of our lives. No matter your personal situation, we strive to meet you where you are at, both financially and emotionally. Our guests during this series include a futurist, economist, physician, psychologist, as well as local Milwaukee business professionals to get their perspective on how you can apply their insight and expertise to your financial future. This important series will be aired on WISN AM 1130 during our regular Money Sense times, which are Saturdays at 2 o'clock p.m. and Sundays at noon. They will also be available on demand at ellenbecker.com slash money sense or on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. We hope you will find these informative and be sure to share them with your family and your friends. My guest today is Dr. Jerry Halverson. He is the Chief Medical Officer for Rogers Behavioral Health Center, and he is responsible for the quality of care, psychiatric care actually, that is provided throughout the organization. Welcome to the show, Dr. Halverson. Hello, thank you for having me on. You know, Dr. Halverson, I've noticed in the paper and in just talking to a variety of different individuals that suicides are up, home violence is up, um, relapses, all of those things, stress, um, all of those things that affect people so clearly. And now that all of the facilities and meeting centers for AA and different types of support groups are really closed down, I'd like to take some time today to discuss some of the alternatives and some of the things that Rogers Hospital has actually implemented. But before we go there, let's talk a little bit about Rogers Hospital for those that really don't understand the involvement in the community, the locations, and some of the different services that your hospital and different facilities provide. Yeah, so Rogers has been here in Oconomowoc for well over 100 years. We've been part of the community definitely here in Oconomowoc and Waukesha County for certainly longer than I've been alive and longer than most of us that are all, I guess all of us uh, that are on this, uh, that are listening uh, have, have been alive. Um, you know, we had started as a single hospital uh, in Oconomowoc, uh, really focused on getting people well uh, with this beautiful setting uh, that we're in. Uh, and we started to move not only uh, to take care of people uh, over a longer period of time, residential, on inpatient uh, units for adults uh, and child and adolescent, specialty in general, psychiatric, uh, psychiatric disorders. Um, and we've spread uh, certainly throughout southeastern Wisconsin and, and now uh, all over the nation where the uh, largest or second largest, depending on uh, who you want to believe, uh, behavioral health not-for-profit provider uh, in the United States. Uh, as I said, we started out uh, really taking care of kind of specialty specialty issues like eating disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder. Uh, but uh, over the past 10 or 15 years, we've really broadened out to really any kind of psychiatric issue uh, that's out there. Uh, we are, uh, we've become the expert in it and we're 
working uh, to find a level of care that works for you. Uh, unlike uh, most other psychiatric providers out there, the level of care that we don't provide is the most common, uh, where you would go out in one-on-one, see your therapist or see your psychiatrist. Uh, everything that we offer uh, is for people that uh, haven't gotten better at that level of care. Uh, all of the folks that we take care of are people that need a more intensive level of care. Our least intensive level of care is four hours a day, five days a week, which is pretty you know, darn intensive, uh, but it obviously goes all the way up to 24-hour care uh, with, with, with what we do. Um, so uh, we're here to really take care of psychiatric, uh, psychiatric disease and psychiatric disorder, certainly here in southeastern Wisconsin, uh, as well as the nation now. Dr. Halverson, I know that there are locations all over Milwaukee for Rogers Hospital to provide care, but that's the problem right now is nothing's open. And it's really very difficult for people to, to get to where they're going, particularly when um, so many things are closed down and services aren't being provided. I know that Rogers has opened up something called Rogers Connect Care. And this is more about doing things online. How productive and is doing that type of care? And is it, is it really helpful? And what has the experience been for you? Well, frankly, the Rogers Connect Care has allowed us to continue to take care of people that need it. Although, you know, taking a few steps back, you know, we know that psychiatric disorders, if they're not treated, uh, particularly in a time like this where there's a lot of stress, uh, where there's a lot of, lot of concern, uh, if they're not treated, they're going to get worse, whether that's alcohol dependence or depression or anxiety. And, and we know, uh, like depression, uh, if it gets worse, people can lose their lives. So, so you know, psychiatric disorder is definitely an essential um, health uh, piece of our health. Uh, so we have really worked hard to stay open uh, throughout COVID. Um, we have our inpatient units, which have been open uh, the entire time. We have our residential programs, which have been open the entire time. And, and obviously we're having to operate a lot differently than we did uh, previous to COVID as far as having masks and, and um, you know, social distancing and all the stuff that you guys have been hearing about at home. We've had to try to figure out how to do that on an acute, uh, on acute inpatient uh, psychiatric units. Uh, our outpatient program, though, uh, caused, you know, kind of posed a particularly challenging um, quandary. I mean, you know, people were afraid to come in. Uh, people were afraid to come in, and, and a lot of our treatment is in groups, so you're right next to each other. Uh, it's difficult to socially distance uh, in some of these outpatient programs. So, um, and we know how to deliver that level of care, and we know how to get people better at that level of care. Uh, once we saw what was happening, uh, and there was a demand uh, for more for more telemedicine or, or telepsychiatry, and we had done some telemedicine before. Uh, some of our uh, programs in in the other states, uh, we would do coverage. Uh, some coverage uh, by the physicians, uh, basically, uh, to make sure that patients are being seen until we are able to hire local uh, local docs. Um, but uh, so we had some uh, some experience with it. But you know, the challenge for us was to turn this whole level of care, which has been an in-person level of care, into this virtual level of care. And fortunately, um, 
you know, we were pretty well set up to do that. Uh, we're believers in, in monitoring outcomes. And, uh, you know, if you come to a Rogers program, you're going to be filling out a lot of scales, telling us how you're doing and telling us how things work. So we've been able to um, manualize a lot of our treatment, uh, meaning that if you're going to the Rogers in, in Kenosha, it'll be very similar to the treatment that you're getting to the Rogers in, in uh, Appleton or, or Brown Deer or West Dallas or Oconomowoc or Madison. Uh, so uh, we were able to really look at that and try to figure out how to bring it to, to video. And fortunately, we had a platform uh, that was HIPAA compliant. Uh, and literally what we did is all of our treatment aspects, we turned it into video. Uh, into being able to see your therapist and chatting one-on-one -on -one over video uh, and um, seeing your group members, you're all on the same screen, kind of sharing your information. Uh, and it's actually gone pretty well. Uh, we felt that uh, it was uh, a safe way to do it. Uh, the coming in and out from home is what always puts people at risk and uh, staying at home uh, was the safest piece to do. So um, it, it, it took us a couple of weeks uh, to turn that um, in person into virtual. Uh, but once we were able to do it, uh, the patients really responded very well to it. Um, we're looking at the outcomes, the outcomes are strong. Um, and, uh, you know, the issue, though, is, is that a lot of people don't have access to internet. A lot of people do not have smartphones or devices. Um, and I won't say a lot, a, a percentage. Uh, so it's not something that was that was perfect for everyone, uh, but we were able to turn it around and take care of almost a thousand people every day in this way that was safer than coming in. My guest today is Dr. Jerry Halverson, and he is the chief medical officer for Rogers Behavioral Health Center. And when we come back, let's talk a little bit. You said a few times psychiatric issues, I believe, or, you know, the circumstances, that is such a scary word. And people carry so much fear. You said people were afraid to come in. And I think a lot of times that's fear, of course, of COVID and some of the things that we didn't understand. But it's also fear and shame of the disease in itself. And rather than just lumping it in, because it's such a big word, and it's such a hard word to hear. We're talking about things that are, you know, prevalent. I mean, I think of stress and I think of depression and even through this, and I'm such an upbeat person, my glasses always have full, but I found myself feeling blue and feeling, you know, out of sync and not being able to get my mojo. It's like, where's my mojo go? <laughs> and I had to really consciously, you know, think about, my resources and be grateful and start to think about those things. But sometimes even that doesn't help. And so if we could just talk about some of the things that people might be experiencing and, and are afraid to hear that word. And so with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker. I'm the founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. And I really wanted to do what we call these COVID-19 interviews. But Really, as I've been doing the interviews, I realized that they're really conversations with a purpose. And the purpose is to, 
you know, release some of the anxiety and the fear about what's happening in our world, not just based on money, but based on our health and based on our businesses and our communities and our schools. And today I'm interviewing Dr. Jerry Harrelson. He is the chief medical officer for Rogers Behavioral Health, and he is responsible for the quality of psychiatric care provided throughout their organization. And during the break, we had a little bit of time to talk. And I asked Dr. Halverson if he would address some of the issues that many of us are feeling in our community and in our homes and even stress about going back to work or not going back to work. And how to identify that and make it safe for us, even just to think about it, because there seems to be such a stigma, you know, to say, oh, I'm depressed or you know, I'm stressed out and I feel out of control, but yet I think, you know, from a collective audience of all of us going through this together, I had known myself, I felt things that I hadn't felt before. Dr. Halverson? Yeah, you know, obviously that stigma was there prior to COVID and in some ways is worse during COVID and, and will be there after COVID. Uh, I think the first thing that people really should understand is that this is a difficult time for everybody and it is pretty reasonable to feel overwhelmed a lot of the time. Uh, there's no clear, you know, there's, there's no clear goalposts. Goalposts continue to get moved. Things are looking good. Then all of a sudden they're not looking good and it's very difficult. I think people, I certainly do not, uh, people do not do well with uncertainty and there has been a lot of uncertainty and it's not just like the uncertainty of boy I you know I hope the you know the brewers going to play again this year I mean it's it's like am I going to get sick uh, do I have comorbidities am I is my you know is my mom going to die uh, it's big big deal and I can't see them because um, if I see them maybe I'll get them sick I mean just it's highly stressful and that doesn't necessarily mean that you have a psychiatric disorder or, or something that, that would need treatment. Um, at this point, it's, it's really uh, understandable uh, for there to be a, a lot of worry and concern. Now, the problem is, is you know, as you're describing, people haven't felt that before, don't really know what to do with that, or don't know uh, how, how to make that, that better. And, and sometimes they end up doing things that will ultimately make it worse. You know, I, it's become a meme, the, you know, the, the COVID happy hour where people are drinking and, and maybe they're drinking more than they drink before. And, and if you have a pre-existing problem with alcohol, that's probably not the best thing to do when you're stressed out. Um, and, uh, you know, people that have pre-existing uh, mood anxiety and substance use disorders are certainly at risk of things getting worse. Uh, but uh, part of uh, what we try to do is, you know, there's a lot of, of negative, a lot of negativity kind of everywhere. And, and generally we would tell people to, you know, talk to family and friends, um, go to your supports, uh, not necessarily spend all of this time in your bubble, whether it's one bubble or the other, their bubbles and getting out of your bubble uh, is important. Clearly now all of this, these, this, these, uh, protests and the riot. I mean, that's just like adding more oh my goodness. Onto, onto people. You know, we have, obviously we have businesses that were, you know, I, I'm happy to survive COVID and now having to deal with this, um, you know, but, but generally uh, what we've been recommending uh, that people do is obviously if you, if you need treatment and you have a psychiatric disorder and you need treatment and things that would cause you to believe that you need 
that you need treatment uh, should be suicidal thoughts, uh, should be lack of ability to engage uh, with your family and friends. You know, there are ways to engage, even if you're, uh, you know, we say physically distancing, we don't want you to socially distance. We want you to still contact your family and friends and, and go to supports. Uh, there are still uh, treatment options available as far as therapists, uh, as far as seeing uh, people that can help uh, your your um, your uh, clergy, um, the the tele telemedicine uh, and uh, and other video, you know, Zoom uh, has it can be very good uh, with helping you stay connected uh, to your family and friends, and you know we encourage encourage people to to do that. Uh, but obviously, uh, like other disorders, uh, if you have uh, the need uh, for treatment, uh, you should be able to seek it out now we have found that there are a lot of people that have pre-existing issues that are being made worse by COVID. They don't want to do video. They only want to do in person uh, or they don't have access to video, as I was saying before. And uh, a lot of the treatment that was available for people before in some places isn't available. Not all practices have been able to have been able to uh, respond to this uh, by going to video. Uh, there's a, there's a cost. Um, not all patients want to do it. So a lot of people have lost that extra layer of support that they have. So that, so we encourage those people really to continue to reach out in family and reach out to family and friends. You know, so many people depend on group therapy. And I just think of AA as just one right off the top. And there's so many different groups like that. And all of a sudden that was totally stopped. And it took a while to get these types of um, video conferencing. And as you said, so many people really didn't have the resources to do that. And so there's been a huge impact on the community for those people. And I know that many times, you know, we talk about mindfulness and of course, take it, you know, I always think to myself, pause, take a deep breath <laughs> and try to change the, change the picture for me. But for those people that weren't able to get those types of help, um, how do you think that the future is going to change for us? I mean, we're going to always go through some kind of, uh, not maybe a worldwide pandemic, but something. How do you think that the, the medical um, industry is going to change to be able to provide those services because you know Dr. Halverson the one thing that happened this time that has never happened before is the churches were closed down which was always a place that you could go get fed you could go sleep you could get help and all of a sudden the doors were locked yeah it, it, this has been uh, a shock to pretty much every system uh, that that we have, you know. Fortunately, there have been some options uh, for video. I certainly have uh, gone to church virtually. Uh, it's certainly not the same, but it does allow you to have have some of that experience. And you know, as far as the medical system, this has been a tremendous, tremendous um, stress on the medical system. Um, without patients. Uh, and, and the patients, you know, some of them, you know, we were asking you not to come in if it was something uh, that could wait. Um, and other people that, that needed treatment were afraid to come in because they didn't want to get sick, which is, again, totally understandable. 
uh, but we have uh, capacity in, in hospitals and medical practices uh, built uh, for a certain uh, number of, of patient flow. So what you have right now is you have large health systems uh, losing money, uh, laying off uh, their staff, uh, which has been unheard of in the healthcare sector, uh, laying off physicians. You have docs in the middle of a, of a medical emergency being, being laid off, which is, which is kind of crazy on the face of it. Uh, and you have medical practices, uh, these smaller medical practices, uh, even once they're able to start getting patients back in, because of what we're going to have to do to keep people safe, uh, they're not going to be able to take care of as many patients. They're, the waits will be longer um, and, you know, it'll be, it'll be safer. But uh, even once we get going, uh, it's still going to be a stress for the medical system. And one of the things I think that has been a, a little bit of a positive uh, about this and this this sea of of terrible negative is is the use of of telemedicine. Prior to this, uh, insurers were very concerned about um, telemedicine, and they wouldn't cover it. And there were really some unhelpful regulations that made it difficult to do. Uh, even though we had patients that wanted to do it, uh, they weren't allowed to do it uh, by their payer. Uh, so uh, we, we've now that we've done telemedicine and, and people can do it from home rather than driving four hours to see a psychiatrist, I think we're going to have a lot more uh, of this open and available for our patients, uh, which will be much more convenient for them. I think if people um, go online too and just um, put in therapists during COVID-19, there are several resources that are free services and free ways of accessing um, help. But one of the first things, wouldn't you agree, Dr. Halverson, is that people have to really get over the fear of asking for help and identifying what they need. And with that, we're going to take a quick break. My guest today is Dr. Jerry Halverson. He is the Chief Medical Officer for Rogers Behavioral Health, and he's responsible for the quality of care. And Rogers Hospital, as we learned in the first segment, has been here for over 100 years, and it's grown with the need for care, and it has extended places all over Wisconsin. And with that, we will return. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker. I am the founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. My guest today is Dr. Jerry Halverson. We have been talking about services within the community. I'd like to spend a little bit of time identifying um, how, how you can identify if it might make sense for you to reach out, even if you've never done it before, but you're feeling, you know, you have that little intuition that you're off a little bit. And if it makes sense to reach out to get some help, how to identify it, some of the resources in the community. But I do believe that the first step is being able to identify that help would be a benefit to you and to get over the fear or any shame that you might feel about it and to actually ask for help. Dr. Halverson, can you identify some of those um, resources, but also talk about what that might look like and the importance of having that positive framework around that this is a good thing? And I remember talking to a psychiatrist once many, many years ago, and she said, Karen, I don't work with sick people. I work with, with well people because they want to get help. 
Yeah, well, there are sick people that want to get help too. Um, I, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, the whole stigma uh, piece has been a challenge for a long time. Although I'll be honest with you, when I started practice 20 years ago, it was a lot, it was a lot more than it is now. I think people are understanding uh, that, that, um, psych, that mental disorders, psychiatric disorders are real and they're crippling and they, uh, you know, prevent you from being the person that you need to be, that you want to be, and that we can treat them uh, and that, and that treatment works. Uh, but you're right. It starts with oftentimes the person deciding my current state, I can do better. Uh, it's not good enough. Um, and then uh, there are pathways to get there. Now that's oftentimes very difficult for a person themselves to be able to identify uh, when you're feeling down and depressed, you're just really kind of stuck in that mode. And you oftentimes aren't thinking about yourself. You aren't thinking about how you're doing, what you're doing, and, and whether you're, you're stuck or not. So it's important to have those, those, that family that you've been spending all of that time with uh, in, um, in quarantine or in, in lockdown or wherever you want to say, um, you know, have, you know, comment on, uh, you know, you've been spending a lot of time in the basement or you're really not, you're really not talking, uh, you're not reaching out to your friends, you know, sometimes your friends uh, would be able to do that too, uh, but it's obviously much more difficult now. Um, but there are a lot of reasons to be overwhelmed. Uh, people are losing their jobs. People are, uh, there's all of this un uncertainty. Uh, and um, th there, is, there is help out there. Uh, you know, we are certainly available uh, for, for people that have uh, very, uh, you know, very much more kind of urgent having suicidal thoughts, uh, thinking about uh, thinking about suicide uh, in kind of an active way. Um, otherwise, reaching out to therapists, uh, again, starting with your clergy, even though you're not necessarily attending church in person right now, oftentimes uh, the, the pastor is a, is a good place to start, and that can start with a phone call. Family members or other supports, uh, you know, as I said, just because we're physically distanced doesn't mean that we have to be socially distanced. And I, and I encourage people to, to utilize platforms like Zoom. Uh, or even just calling and using FaceTime, uh, you know, talking to people. Uh, you know, the, the more that you do that, the better that you feel. And you don't have to be in the same room. I know have, we have people, uh, there are people that don't want to do telemedicine, for example. And, um, you know, we have to show them what it, what it looks like. And, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be better than in person. It's not going to be better than in person. It just has to be a good thing too. And we also have to make sure that we don't get caught up in the perfect or what's always worked for me or, or this is the thing that's worked in the past. These are times where we have to be flexible. You know, you had mentioned earlier that the AA in-person treatment was closed down, but they do have virtual and, and video and it's, and it's different, um, but it still can be helpful. Make you feel that you're not so excluded and so isolated, yes. which yes. Is, is a difficult time. And people are dealing with so many issues that they were never confronted with. I think of many, I've had two clients who have passed away during this um, COVID and their families were not there. Yeah. And so you add on top of that, this feeling of loss and then not even being able to be there, not being able to effectively even deal with it. And 
there's there's been so many unpredictable it's just this domino effect that you wonder when will the last domino fall yeah no I mean, but everybody everybody's there uh you know as i said i uh we have a large system uh we take care of a lot of patients we have a lot of staff here and and trying to plan ahead for what's coming uh has been challenging you know we're ready for this huge New York-like wave that never comes, but there's still significant issues. There's still worries and you have to plan around it and you don't have answers, which is difficult. It doesn't mean that you don't, that you freeze and you <laughs> don't do anything. You just have to make the best decisions you can. And, and you know, we've certainly found here that you make the best decisions when you're talking to people and, and multiple people are working together uh, to make the decision uh, versus just uh, one person uh, and their point of view. I think about parents. They're at home trying to homeschool. And if they do need to do any kind of therapy or any of that type of an in-service, they've got, they're trying to teach on a computer. They're, you know, trying now to maybe get therapy on a computer. You have two people at home, maybe one computer, both trying to work at home. How, how do parents deal with some of the issues that they're struggling with with, with children? Um, and they may now be seeing issues that they didn't even know before existed, both in their marriages, both with their children, both with their jobs. Um, all of a sudden, Pandora's box has been opened. No, and we've found that treatment... Um, you know, particularly at our partial programs and our intensive outpatient programs for children uh, is, is worse. Uh, I mean, it's more difficult. Um, it's not worse. It still works well. Uh, but, you know, we have families letting us know, boy, it's really difficult to, it, unless it's Fortnite, it's really difficult to sit our kids in front of the computer and, and, and working on this. And then they've had, they have their own job, hopefully that they are still, that they're still doing. Uh, and it's, and it's caused other stresses, you know, clearly, this is a big deal. I, I, one of my sons is graduating from eighth grade. You know, that usually means something. And now it doesn't really mean anything. And you know, <laughs> struggling with that and, and, and how that affects us. Uh, you know, you're fortunate if your uh, school system was able to get online and do a lot of this. But I know some school systems struggled. And, and certainly not everybody has the access to be able to do that. So we have a lot of kids out there that are missing uh, great educational opportunity, um, but you know these are really tough decisions that that have to be made uh, as far as spread and 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 uh, you know having the kids go to school and spread it and bring it home and and uh, you know we're going to have to figure out something for the fall because I think everybody understands that we really need to try to get this moving forward. But this semester has been difficult, and for families and and parents that didn't sign up to be teachers. Uh, it obviously gives you another um, a level of empathy for the teachers and kind of what they're what they're dealing with, but also having to troubleshoot. You know, the internet's not working; it's slow. You know, Dad, what you know, what are we what are we doing? And then, hey guys, you you can't do that because Grant's in class right now, streaming. <laughs> so stop playing the games. And <laughs> it's just been this different level of of management that that people aren't used to. Well, and now um, we'll take another break, our last break, actually. When we come back, let's talk about the media. And the, as I said earlier to you when I talked, trying to get information is like trying to take a drink out of a fire hose. But, you know, we're having conversations at the table about the difficulty that COVID has had. And now we've got 
the riots and things that are happening. How do parents talk to their children about some of these issues to take away some of the stress? And, you know, one of the things that isn't as prevalent anymore is the fact that we would talk to people about their money and they would say, well, you know, I came out of, you know, my aunt and uncle going through my parents, going through um, the market downturn and they had no money, they had no food. And so I'm a product of that. How are we going to be able to um, alleviate some of the stress around being a product of not being called a COVID kid? And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker. My guest today is Dr. Jerry Halverson. He is the Chief Medical Officer from Rogers Behavioral Health. He is um, also responsible for the quality of care, but I didn't go into the long list of the things that Dr. Halverson has really got his fingers in in the community and throughout his career. And so he has uh, a lot of experience, um, effective experience in a very broad broad sense around some of the issues that we're all facing today. And one of the things that I do worry about is the impact that this is gonna have on our kids as we have conversations in our home, as TV is going on, as we're facing um, being challenged with not only a healthcare crisis, but being challenged with our values as to how our community is acting and reacting. And the kids are, watching this news, they're listening to us. Do we just turn it off, which doesn't seem to be the right way. There seems to be uh, another way of communication, but boy, is that hard. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I think the answer is to, at some point, to turn off the news. Um, it, you know, there, there, obviously there's a lot of negativity um, that's, that's going on. And I think it's important uh, for adults to understand what's going on, but I'm not sure if it's very helpful to have your children for six hours a day watching that as, as you watch it. Uh, it, it can be very um, tempting to sit there and, and, uh, and, and watch. And then you understand, you realize that there really wasn't anything new that you got out of it in that last uh, couple of hours. So, so I think it is important to, to stay up to date. Uh, and, and obviously there's a lot of argument and a lot of disagreement about things like facts, which are really all of that's just kind of amazing and disheartening and people are arguing about facts and, and it's really kind of hard to, uh, understand that as a 50 year old, uh, let alone uh, as a, as a child. So it's, it's really not helpful. Um, but, you know, my concern is, you know, Hey, while I'm watching this, you can go onto your, uh, you know, go onto your device. And then we already have kids that are spending way too much time on devices. Mm -hmm. So it's getting nicer out. Hopefully we can send our kids outside rather than uh, having them uh, go to a different device. Uh, and, you know, we're getting to a point where there's going to, there's going to be an ability to do more interaction. Uh, and, um, and, and, you know, I think having the kids do what kids should do running around outside exercising uh, is a much better use of their time than watching the news. And it was so gloomy through spring. It was yep. so gloomy outside, which was just in its own way, kind of depressing. Yep. But it's sunnier now and, you know, <laughs> got to keep moving forward. And we all got through that time. Obviously, some got through it better than others. Um, but, I, you know, I think it's important to continue to 
move forward and uh, it's, it's beautiful out. It might be a little hot now. Um, you hate to go from, from the gloomy to the hot uh, without any kind of intermediate, like the last couple of days have been kind of nice, uh, but you just kind of are going to be getting into summer. You know, Dr. Halverson, I think that everybody still does have a lot of anticipation because there isn't certainty. And you mentioned that very early on that everybody, most people are uncomfortable with, with not having certainty, but there have been some really positive things that I've talked to my friends and I, I myself have noticed is that the old Sunday dinners, I mean, I remember having, I used to have to be home at 5.30 at night when my dad got home from work and we always had dinner and Sunday was go to church and then come home and, you know, it was the big chicken dinner or the pot roast dinner and, um, and, and the cooking and not dining out as much and really being able to interact with our families. And I think a lot of families have discovered a whole new um, way of, of being with family and are being reminded and remember what it was like to sit down and not be running constantly and you know, to all the different events and going out to bring in food. And this has been, so there've been some positives and there's been so many more positives about how the community has really stepped in and helped each other. And one of my things is when you lift up others, you lift up yourself. And so these are also really positive ways of changing the way you're feeling, you know, by doing other things and being open, as you said, and being flexible to finding a new way. Are there any other ideas or thoughts you might have that you would like to leave our listeners with today? Well, we're, uh, well, first I agree with you. There, there are some positive uh, pieces with this. I think, um, you know, families have been able to engage to a, a greater extent because there's really no choice uh, but to do that, you know, without the soccer games, without, uh, you know, I, my, my life is like many of everybody else's lives. You would, get home in time for dinner sometimes, usually not, uh, you know, not all the time. And, and it's been uh, something that I think to treasure and enjoy. Um, but, uh, you know, as far as moving forward, I, I think the interesting piece that we're dealing with, uh, just like everybody else is trying to figure out how to open and how to open safely. We have some patients and some of our staff are chomping at the bit. Uh, you know, we've, we've been in person uh, with, with adequate protection gear on our inpatient uh, and residential uh, levels of care, but uh, you know that outpatient level of care. When do you start bringing patients back into uh, into your treatment environment? And that's a challenge. I mean, we have some patients that want to do it. We have some patients that uh, you know never want to go away from from tele. Uh, you know, one of the nice things about telemedicine is, uh, as I've said before, people show up. Uh, it, you know that that not being able to get there, not being able to drive there, uh, has been has been made easier. But we're kind of waiting for regulators and payers to decide if they want to continue to be able to do that. And then we're dealing with what everybody else is dealing with. Uh, you know, we want our, our staff to come in and not all of our staff feel comfortable right now. Again, just because of everything you've talked about, this uncertainty uh, and everything that's going on. Um, and, uh, you know, we are getting into this where we're encouraging our staff, you know, you're not at work, but We'd really prefer that you stay out of large groups. We'd really prefer that you are masked appropriately because when you come into our treatment, our, our treatment, uh, particularly for with the patients that are staying there and they stay there for a week or a month or two months, 
their biggest risk of getting sick is our, is our staff bringing something in. So it's always, uh, you know, it's, it's this ongoing struggle to try to be able to make sure that we're able to provide the needed care, but yet keep everything as safe as we can. What would you like to leave our listeners with in terms of sitting at home or listening to our interview? One of the things of course would be to reach out to Rogers and to, you can go online to look at Rogers Connect Care, which is a, an extension of care that they can look at. Well, well first, certainly, um, you know, there's care that's available. And if it's not Rogers, there's, there's other places. Uh, you know, we have some, as you said, on our, on our website, rogersbh.org. It'll talk about the Connect Care. And it'll have some videos so you can see, have a sense of, of what it's like and, and, and how, how, it, how it works. Uh, but I, you know, again, I think it's just important for everybody to obviously, if you need help, get it. Uh, but just trying to stay positive. Uh, I, I think now that it's nice out, I think getting outside, adequately socially distancing is is a great thing to do. Um, continuing to particularly things that we can't control and, and I can't control what the spikes of COVID are going to be. Uh, it, you know, not perseverating on that and and moving on and trying to distract yourself uh, to other issues that you can control uh, is, is important and that will continue to keep you well. My guest today is Dr. Jerry Halverson. He is the Chief Medical Office for Rogers Behavioral Health. They have locations all over the city, southeastern Wisconsin. Their main hospital is in Oconomowoc, and you can feel free to go to the website. Also, I would just encourage you, if you're just curious, go online and look up mental health during COVID or therapy during COVID. There's so many different articles that are written on things that you can kind of take a step back and maybe just help yourself and understand a little bit more about your feelings. But Dr. Halverson said earlier, we're kind of all in it together and it collectively we're all feeling those, those same disappointments, those same things that um, make us feel a little bit upset and uncertain. And Dr. Halverson, thank you so much for coming in today. I say to everybody, take a deep breath, pause, and get a fresh look at whatever it is you're dealing with. Thank you once again. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to our COVID-19 edition of Money Sense. Our goal is to provide valuable information so that you can feel more confident in your financial decisions. You can listen to this show and any that you may have missed at ellenbecker.com slash money sense or on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. To discuss these topics and more with one of our wealth advisors, call us at 262 691 3200 or visit ellenbecker.com for a complimentary consultation.